Greetings, family. Welcome to the Healthy Black Love Podcast, where we support each other as we navigate our way to healthier romantic relationships. I'm your host and fellow navigator, Dr. Drea. Each episode, we will focus on self-work as a change agent in our lives. Self-work is the process of cultivating your own growth and healing. The more you take ownership of where you are and where you want to be, the more you and your partner can navigate your relationship in a healthy direction. Please be aware that although this podcast includes mental health information, it is not a replacement for individual or marriage therapy. With that being said, let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for this first episode of Healthy Black Love. And I am super excited about this opportunity. I have been dreaming this up for about two years now. And just to be honest, I really just didn't have the guts to do the podcast. I wanted to, but I was nervous about how do you make a podcast and Um, Is it going to be good? And are you guys going to like it? And so uh, my fears did keep me back from starting this. But now uh, we are good to go. And so I look forward to spending time with you guys on a regular basis, advocating for healthier black love. So today's topic is what do you really want? And this is really a loaded question because Often we say, I want this, I want that. But what do we really want when it comes to our romantic relationships? So I've noticed that we make assumptions and decisions in our personal life based on emotions or ideas presented at the time without considering our ultimate goals. So what does that look like? What does that even mean? I'm going to give you a couple of examples So one example is you get into an argument with your partner and during that argument or even after the argument, you feel so frustrated, angry, disappointed or hurt that you decide that your life would be easier if you simply ended the relationship. Has anybody been there before? I have definitely been there many times. Like, is this going to (laughs) work? So that's one example. Another example would be you've been talking to a new love interest for maybe a few weeks or a few months, and you are really feeling that person. Uh, The two of you have been having great conversations and the person is super sweet. But then the two of you finally meet up for a date. And although you find that you're attracted to the person in general, maybe they don't dress the way you like, or maybe there's something a little bit quirky about them. Or maybe they don't have a car or don't have the nicest car. They may not have the status or some other preference that you've decided that you want in your next mate. So afterwards, later on, you are hanging out, talking to your girls or maybe your boys. And you're having a conversation about this person, this date. And you start nitpicking the person for their surface flaws until you and maybe even your friends have decided that he or she is not someone you should continue to date. That's another place that I've been before. I don't know about you all, but 
I've been there. I've definitely been there. And so hopefully you guys can relate to these examples. Um, I'm going to give you a final example, but this example is from my own personal life. Um, it's the example of me when I first met my significant other and the way he approached me. So uh, me and this person, my significant other, had connected professionally and we'd seen each other at a couple of events. And so our interactions were very professional. And so that was kind of what I was used to with this person. And so I go to this particular event and I see this person for the third time. And before that, this person and I uh, had been communicating uh, through email and text, but everything was about business. There was nothing really super personal in our interactions. So I see him come in. I see him across the room. He looks at me. And I'm like, great, I'm going to go over and say hi, because I don't really know a lot of people in this space. And so, you know, when you see somebody that, you know, you get excited about that. So I go over to him and I hug him and we greet. And before he had walked in the door, I guess he had a little liquid courage going on. So he was a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more personal than I am used to him being. And so at that moment, he starts like talking in my ear and he's shooting his shot. And it threw me off because I, first of all, I wasn't expecting it. (laughs) But secondly, I had decided that how I wanted to be approached by a man was a certain way. That if a guy liked me, I wanted him to come up to me. I wanted him to you know, maybe say some positive things like, oh, you know, I'm feeling you, you're pretty, you know, whatever. And then ask me out on a date. I did not want some guy in my ear, you know, really coming into my personal space, trying to kick game. And so, so when he did this, even though I was attracted to him, um, one, I was turned off by the approach and two, I also didn't know, like I had not thought about, hey, do I want to go out with this guy? So we um, ended up um, just talking for a while in that moment. And I really did not respond to him as far as answering his questions. Like as he was coming on to me, I wasn't responding definitely that I was interested in him. I was just kind of I kind of froze and I was kind of just being um, a little avoidant in the situation, even though I wasn't technically turning him down, it was pretty much a turn down. And I really didn't think about it until, uh, later on, I thought about it as the evening wore on that, wow, like he probably feels like I'm not interested and that, um, I just rejected him. And I felt really bad about that. So the next day I shot him a text and did a little explaining And after that, he ended up eventually texting me back. And from there, we started connecting more. And that ended up turning into us being dating and being in a relationship. And so uh, that's my story. I I, I realized with my story that what was holding me back in that situation was the fact that I had this want that did not connect with my ultimate want or my ultimate goal. 
So my want was that a guy approached me a certain manner, but my ultimate goal was that I wanted to be with someone I liked that was kind, that was great. And he was all of that. But I let this smaller little want, this smaller little idea that I had in my mind that a guy had to approach me in a certain way. I let that be the decision maker in that moment. And that could have really kept me out of a beautiful relationship. So the thing is, we all carry ideas and ideals that can get in the way of our actual wants and needs. And I feel like in our society, there's this notion that if there's anything that we don't like or we don't agree with about a person and we continue to date them or see them or we respond positively to them, then we are settling. So we hear this whole thing. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. And I know a lot of women say it and maybe some men say it, too, that I'm not going to settle. And this whole idea of settling. But when people tell you don't settle, it sounds great. But what exactly is settling? I can't know if I'm settling if I don't know what settling is. So let me give you a definition of settling. Settling is when you devalue yourself by taking on, in this case, a relationship where your needs cannot be met. So if someone from the very beginning cannot meet your needs and, and it's obvious and it's clear, that is settling. So let's say you have the need to be in a monogamous relationship. You want to be in something where you're not being cheated on. It's just you and that person. And that person that you meet says, hey, I'm already married or hey, um, I'm not ready for a commitment. I don't want to be monogamous. I want to be able to do what I want to do. If your need is monogamy, then it is settling if you decide to pursue something with someone who's telling you from the very beginning that they're not only going to be with you um, or or they already have a commitment to someone else. So that is what settling is. Settling is not just not liking something small about a person. So I want to clear that up. I also want to clear up that there is a difference between wants, needs and non-negotiables. So I will explain to this, explain this to you. Sorry. Um, and I encourage people all the time to write a list, a list of three things, your wants, your needs and your non-negotiables. So what do I mean by that? You probably want to start with your needs in this case. You can start it any way you want, but I suggest starting with your needs. So your needs are the core of yourself. What do you need from a person in order for you to feel safe, comfortable, content? What are your basic needs? So needs are not wants. So needs are like, I need somebody who's kind. I need someone who is... Um, is willing to commit. I need, so I need commitment. I need someone who can be, I can be intimate with, um, both at the verbal level, like I can communicate with this person. This person will listen to me and hear me. And even at the physical level where I can be touched by this person and know this person will respect my body. These are basic needs. These are at the core of the essence of who you are. These are the things that make you authentically you. So those are your needs. Wants are a certain different thing. So wants are the things about you that you prefer. But if you don't have them, they don't necessarily make or break the relationship. 
So therefore a want might be like in my case, I wanted a man to approach me a certain way. A want maybe I want a guy who dresses like this or that. I want someone or I want a woman who, um, who cooks, but if the woman doesn't cook, yeah, I may not like it, but it's not necessarily going to make or break me or our relationship. So your wants are your preferences. And it's clear, it's, it's important to be clear about the two of those, because if you make a want a need, if you put a want into the need category, that's going to help, that's going to cause you to make decisions in that relationship by you thinking that your needs aren't getting met. And really it was just a preference. It's not an actual thing that you really, really require in order to have a good relationship with this person. So write separate lists. And as you write your list, you will find, or you may find that you're putting wants into need categories or needs into want categories. So you're going to write your list and then you're going to double check that you're actually putting things in the correct category. Now you have this third list called the non-negotiables. The non-negotiables are basically your boundaries and they are the things that this is the way it is and there's no way around it. And so we're talking about things such as abuse, the things you will not tolerate. I will not tolerate abuse verbally, sexually, mentally, physically. I will not tolerate abuse. So any relationship that has abuse, that's a non-negotiable. We can't be together. Um, for me personally, I have a non-negotiable when it comes to kindness. So kindness is a need and it's also a non-negotiable for me. Um, so I can't be with someone who's mean to me because that is a form of abuse. So your non-negotiables are your core of if this happens, we're done or there will never be of us if I see that you're this way. Um, and that is important for you to define what that is because that is also going to be slightly different from, from person to person. Um, some of these should be kind of similar from person to person, such as uh, domestic violence and abuse. But there may be some things here or there that some people have a little bit more tolerance for or, or don't have the tolerance for. So that'll adjust a little bit based on each person. But those are your non-negotiables. Um, and so those are your things that these things are disrespectful and these things are hurtful and painful and we just can't go there at all. So you have those three different things. And, and so as you are deciding what your ultimate goal or what your ultimate want is, now you can look at these three different categories and you can say, okay, I met this person or I'm dealing with this person or I'm in this relationship and this person meets, you know, these needs that I have. Um, they give me a few of those wants and they're not breaking, you know, any of the non-negotiables. So we're okay. Um, or you can look at the list and say, you know, this person really doesn't meet my needs at all or only maybe one of my needs. But, you know, for the most part, this is not really dealing with what I want. And at that point, then that's when it's time to have conversations about, hey, this is what I need. And, you know, are you capable of um, adjusting to meet some of these needs? So so I'm not saying that automatically if a person doesn't meet your needs that you're running out of the relationship, but maybe that's the time where there's some time for a conversation um, or some adjustment in the relationship. I also want to make a note that people have a lot of opinions and their thoughts are often rooted in their own fears and expectations. So as you're doing this process, 
more than likely you may go to friends, family members, even a therapist, and they may give you some advice about what your wants or what your needs or should be. Um, and, or even how you should feel about this particular person. So when it comes to that, it's important for you to take time to decide what do you ultimately want and also to look at the person and to understand where they're coming from. So if you are talking to someone who just got out of a really painful relationship or someone who just got a divorce or, or, you know, or something like that, like. Think about how that impacts the advice they're giving you. So if their advice feels like it's slanted towards their own issues, um, just be a little bit more wary of that um, advice. And it's not necessarily that it's the wrong advice, but understand that their advice is coming from their own experiences and their own fears. And you don't want to use their fears and their experiences to make decisions about your relationship because you're different people. So just be really careful about that. I, I definitely encourage the use of of people who are supportive in your life to kind of help you with some of this stuff. But make sure you're taking the time to understand where it's coming from. And if in this particular situation, this person is a good fit for supporting you and giving you advice. And there have been times where I have decided that certain friends or certain people just aren't the right people for me to talk to about this. And that's okay. Give yourself permission to say this particular person because of their situation right now, is just not the right person to talk to. And I love that person and I know that person loves me, but this is just not my go-to person in this particular situation or at this particular time. Um, A final note that I want to make is that as black people, we must consider the impact of systematic racism on our individual and collective selves, which means that our realities in dating and marriage may look different from our expectations. Um, I say this because often when we're given this idea of what love looks like, what we see on TV or society does not include racism and how racism affects us. So to fully love, you must feel safe at least within that relationship or in that space between you and your partner. But feeling safe is a difficult state to get to and stay in when daily we are made to feel unsafe in our society. So whether it's at work, whether it's walking down the street, whether it's, you know, what we see on social media or media, there's so many things that are constantly bombarding us to make us feel unsafe in our society. And because of that sense of a lack of safety, that can play up, play on how we show up in our relationships. That can play on how we show up when we're dating or when we're married. Uh, so I really encourage you to consider how is, is racism impacting my wants, my needs, um, and even how I view people and view dating. And this is where individual couples and group therapy can be very necessary in helping you to address these things so that they're not ultimately hurting you or keeping you from getting to your ultimate goal of being in a a safe and and loving relationship. So just be aware of that, that, you know, you may meet somebody and they may be kind of avoided. And a part of that avoidance could be that they've suffered a lot of trauma racially and they're just not sure who to trust. So just be aware of this. And like I said, use your therapeutic resources um, to work through these kind of issues. 
My final suggestion to you is that you just be clear about what you need, what you want, what is simply non-negotiable in your life, and what is your ultimate want or goal. And that you ask yourself these questions and you're honest with yourself about these questions so that you can have the relationship and the love that you deserve and that you desire. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I truly hope that you've gained something valuable that you can utilize as you continue to do self-work and create and maintain healthy black love. If you enjoyed today's show, feel free to follow our show as well as to share it with others in your life. You can also contact me at drdreawilson.com or drdreawilson at gmail.com. Until the next time, I am your host, Dr. Drea, and this has been Healthy Black Love.